Hey there, family members. You have McGann, the fangirl. And just in case you didn't listen to my last Coraline podcast, these videos are going to be stacking. So please make sure you go back and listen to them in order. Otherwise, things are going to get really extra confusing and you're not really going to like it. In this video, I believe I mostly cover the Pink Palace and how I think there's really an otherworld version of the Pink Palace. Or really, I guess, two otherworld versions of the Pink Palace. But you listen and decide for yourself. I may refer to some visuals in this, so if at any time you get confused, I'm sorry. Again, these are all translated from YouTube vlogs that I did, but you can find any of those vlogs at youtube.com slash thefangirlwatches. Well, without further ado, let's get into it. My third theory is that everyone in the Pink Palace is dead. Or if the residents aren't actually dead, then they're stuck in some kind of limbo universe uh, created by the other world and they're not actually in the real world like they think they are. And I don't think the Jones family starts off that way, but I think there is definitely some evidence to support that they get there by the end of the film. And Coraline does not meet any of the residents of the Pink Palace until after going through the door. So what if Mrs. Lovett told the Jones family that tenants were there when they really weren't just so that when Coraline talks about them later, there's no problem, like they don't think anything's weird about it, or that, or that they don't think, oh my gosh, we're talking to ghosts. And I also thought it was really, really weird that no one else at the Pink Palace owns a car. Like they don't need groceries, they don't have places they need to get. We see the sisters get upset when Coraline talks about her parents disappearing as, you know, they're saying, oh, well, how are we going to get to the theater now? But we never actually see any proof that they are actively going to the theater or anything of that nature so we don't know that they ever actually leave the perimeter of the pink palace and another reason to kind of see that the pink palace residents may be dead is that no one else ever acknowledges missing kids and you would think that this is a small town it's not got a huge population there's not a lot of activity crime-wise going on or really a lot of anything going on these days by the looks of the place they're up on this isolated hill and nobody's going oh Coraline you need to be careful because you know kids always disappear in this place nobody's even thinking twice about it so a question for that would be is the bell dam feeding off of the residents previous sort of magical essences but she can't keep them or she doesn't need to keep them so she ships them back to the pink palace dead or as ghosts or however you want to see it to conserve the energy needed to maintain the other world's illusions and maybe that's why the other residents are kind of these loser type washed up has-been characters but they still think they're great in their head because they don't know that they've been sort of sucked dry and thrown back into the real world and something to think about here is why do the mice and the burlesque show in the other world work? Like, how does the Bell Dam know to create these magical illusions if she's never seen them and we've never seen the doll see them, but we're told that the doll and the doll's button eyes are the Bell Dam's connection to the real world and how she sees everything. So, but then how does she know what to create in the other world to make Mrs. Spink, Miss Forcible, and Mr. Bobinski, how can they make such realistic additions of them in the other world if she has no clue what's going on unless they've been there before and were tossed out when they were no longer useful. And this theory can be further supported if you look at the dates of the candy jars in Miss Spink and Miss Forcible's house. Now why do they even have those candy jars? They're dated 1921, 1936, and 1960. Now in the context of the movie we're not told hey this takes place in 1980 or anything like that so we are 
safe to assume that it's supposed to be current day 2009, which was the release of the film. The book was released in 2002, but still that's seven years. That doesn't give you a whole giant time gap there. But as far as I have seen and I'm aware on the context of the movie, there's nothing to lead us to believe that it's not current day for the release of the movie. And so if you look at the dates, 1921, 1936, and 1960, we know that Mrs. Lovett family, the one with the twin sister that now she owns the house, she is probably the 1960s that they're talking about, whether that be a move-in or a date the child disappeared or, or whatever happened. I'm going to assume it's a move-in date. So if you look from 1960 to 2009, that's 49 years. Seems about right for the timeline. If she were, say, you know, 9 to 12 when they moved in. But now, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible are clearly not old enough to have 88-year-old candy that they've saved themselves. Because 1921 to 2009, that's 88 years of a gap. Those ladies look like they're in their 50s to 60s at most. So why on earth would they have candy dated for 1921 and 1936? When we go to the other world and we see the ladies in their heyday, we see that they basically were doing burlesque shows and that's what they were famous for. And burlesque shows were popular from 1860 to about the 1940s. So it could be reasonable to assume that Miss Spink and Miss Forcible washed up from the shows in about 1921 due to their aging, because obviously you're not going to be able to do burlesques into your 50s and 60s. And then they moved into the Pink Palace, got seduced by the other world as it drained their magical views of themselves, and they either died or they never were able to leave. And I thought the dogs had this such interesting kind of telling thing without really saying it. But if they show a shelf where they have nine stuffed schnauzers, I think. Scottish terriers, schnauzers, something like that. Some kind of little black yappy dog. But they had nine of them there in angel wing costumes that had been stuffed on their shelf. Now, if you consider that the average dog lives for about 12 years, nine of them would be 108 years old if they replaced them one after another after another. That would put those dogs dating back to about 1901. But now we do see, I think there's three dogs in the actual movie alive at one time that, that they show. So, But even if you do three dogs at a time and say they got three angel costumes and filled up those rows, that would still be three at a time would be 36 years. That would put them at, that would put the dog's timeline about 1973. So if you look at Miss Spink and Miss Forcible and you say... At tops, they're in their 50s or 60s. So if you say, okay, well, let's say they're 69 just for the sake of argument, which which they don't even look that old to me. They look maybe 50, 55 in that range. But even if you say they're 69 and you take that off of 2009, that puts them born in 1940, which is at the same era the burlesque was drying up and they, they weren't performing anymore. So that couldn't possibly fit with the timeline that we're given knowing what they did before. And how could they possibly have candy from before they were born? If you give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they got that apartment when they were 18 years old, in 1921 to 2009, that would make them 126 years old. That makes no sense. It really seems to me like those two characters are already dead and even their skin color kind of suggests something just not quite circulating anymore. And then if you think about even the skin and you look at Mr. Bobinski, he's blue for goodness sakes! He's blue! And Mr. Bobinski talks about working for the circus and needs to get this act ready for the circus. I'm going to assume he's more of a sideshow act kind of thing, either solo or part of a bigger circus branch because 
performing mice are something you're really not going to see very well in, an, in even a one ring audience because there's just going to be so many people and the mice are so small it just doesn't really work out. And we know that circuses hit their heydays in the 1900s and they kind of died out about the same time that TV and movies were getting really big and they could kind of show audience this exotic features of the world without having to go see things like freak shows or sideshow attractions. So around the 1950s, circuses really died out for the most part. But even though this movie is in 2009, Mr. Bobinski doesn't hint at all that the circus is dead. And he's definitely not traveling. But if this were 1936, he would be kind of desperate to draw on a crowd at that point as the movies were gaining more and more momentum and taking more of the audiences out of circus shows. So working on this new secret mouse act would be time appropriate for 1936. So if he moved in at that time, and he was also seduced into the other world, and his magical persona was drained out of him and he was tossed back up dead or a zombie or, or any which way you want to look at it. I don't know exactly how to, to see that, but again, they don't interact with anybody else and they don't even seem to interact with each other outside of the Pink Palace. It, it seems like, except for Coraline, everyone's in their own special bubble. And it seems like their belief in themselves as being awesome is the magic that fed the other world for so much time. We also know that Coraline's parents are there to create a catalog, meaning that they are some type of creators as well, whose egos could also be fueling the other world and its power, because it seems still very unlikely to me that mom and dad saw their own doll and somehow in between Coraline going to the other world, they snuck into the other world unnoticed and together and nobody's figured this out that that whole part is just a huge plot hole for me that that just doesn't quite make sense with the content that we're given in the film but because miss spink miss forcible and mr bobinski never stop believing in themselves they keep allowing the bell dam to expand her magic and and her reach and they are her anchors in the real world that's why there's so many hints that she may still be around and maybe in the real world there's nothing that i've seen that i can remember that definitively states that the children are what creates the magic for the other world and for that matter i don't think that the children actually correlate to the candy dish dates because if you look at when pioneering days are, and I have an extensive collection of American Girl books on my shelf, so the pioneering girl is from the 1850s, which is about the same time that they were settling uh, Ashland, Oregon. Coraline also calls the little boy ghost Huck Finn Jr., and the Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn novels started coming out around the 1880s, so neither of those work for 1921 or 1936 which seems to support my theory that the dates on the candy jars represent when the residents moved in that are currently there and hinting that they are ghosts and not dates that children were abducted from the Pink Palace because you've got these kids from the 1800s and it doesn't make sense that by the 1900s when we're more modernized that they would still be in pioneering days or being referred to as Huck Finn Jr. There would be a whole different stereotype associated at that point. And I know there's a lot of people that they kind of fixate on the button eyes about being how the bell dam keeps you and controls you in the other world or sees in the real world. But what if the button eyes keep you in the other verse, but not having the button eyes doesn't mean that you survived or that you've escaped or gotten away from her. The Pink Palace could easily be residents who are survivors of the other world who didn't succumb to the temptation. Or again, they could all be dead. But something that they don't mention that's actually a very valid point is that we know that Grandma 
had her sister abducted, but is she the only person that was abducted who had a sibling? I mean, the little boy and the little girl could also be relatives of Mr. Babinski and Miss Spink and Miss Forcible. It's completely possible because there's so much information we don't get, and, and the time lapse is so unclear. And sorry to say again, this video is running a little long, so I'm going to snip it here and put the rest of my information in another video or two. Congrats, guys. You finished part two of three of my Coraline videos. Again, most of the stuff I do is very episodic, but the Coraline videos are a little bit different in that regard because they are stacking and how they build with the content. But I can't find a way to list my show as some episodic, some serial. So I'm sorry. You're just going to have to find the episodes in order yourself. I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to label them the best I can. Anyways, though, if you enjoyed this and you feel so inclined, please go visit me on youtube.com slash the fangirl watches or look me up on instagram at say halo goodbye s-a-y-h-a-l-o-g-o-o-d-b-y-e i know could i pick a longer tag name somebody already took the fangirl over there i felt stuck other than that i'll see you soon in part three of this Coraline podcast